The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. Good morning, everyone. Uh, my name is Sam. I'm one of the pastors here at King's. And um, as always, just trying to sort this out. Um, a privilege to, to speak to you. If you're wondering whether I had an argument with my wife, I didn't. I, I, <laughs> We made a very good start this morning, actually. I've gotten to a point where I realized, I don't know about you, but every now and then I'd find a, a strand of gray hair. Um, and in the past, I've... Is this a bit booming? In the past, I've sought to just stand in front of the mirror and then, you know, just pull them out. But now it's gotten to a point where there's just one too many. I just can't be bothered anymore. Um, but yeah, let's just pray together and then we can tend to, we can tend to go to it. Why don't you ask Jesus to come and reveal himself to you this morning? Just, just say, Lord Jesus, please, would you come in and reveal yourself to me? Jesus is alive. He's not dead. Just say to him, please come and reveal yourself to me. Just say to him, come and speak to me this morning. Just, yes, it's just you, just for, 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 for a short while, just you, why don't you just ask him to come and, and just, yeah, yeah, Jesus, we, we worship you, the, the risen Lord and Savior. We worship you, the Christ. Jesus, you are the resurrection and the life. And we are delighted that we can just sit at your feet this morning and, and seek to hear from you. I ask that you'd come and help us this morning, Lord Jesus. Would you, would you speak to every single heart? Yes. Uh, I ask Jesus, would you, would you reveal yourself to us? We can stand here and do the preaching, but Jesus, if you don't come through, nothing will happen. <laughs> And so I ask this morning that you'll be very present. Thank you that you're already here at work. I just pray, would you come and just bring to bear what each one of us needs to hear this morning. We're open and willing. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, would you come? Come and help me, Lord, as I, as I speak. Come and help us as we listen and seek to connect with you. Would you please continue to be work in this place. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. We will continue um, our series uh, in the book of, of Ruth, and I have the privilege of speaking to us uh, just briefly this morning on the whole subject of, um, of God's heart uh, for the vulnerable. What I'll be seeking to do this morning is this, and I, I want you to come on a journey with me because I feel God will be opening things up to us and basically equipping his church to serve the poor and the vulnerable. But rather than at the end of my preach, give you five or six things that I probably would want you to work through and go away with, from the very onset, I want to say to us all, why don't you say to God, God, speak to me about the who and the what. I would explain that shortly. So basically, God, please show me the person you're wanting me to reach out to. Okay, so everyone here, 
as I speak, please say to the Lord, please show me the person you would want me to reach out to. And then secondly, would you also show me how you want me to be a blessing to them? And hopefully at the end, I'm certain that God will highlight people for us. I'm certain that God will, will show us things that we can do in order to bless the poor and the vulnerable. God will highlight things for us that he wants us to carry through with. So Lord, please show me the who. Show me the person you're wanting me to reach out to. Show me how you would want me to, to reach out to this person. In the story of Ruth, as we've been, we've been working through, we discover that actually uh, the story can be understood as a story of poverty because it starts with food poverty. There was famine in the land. And as we, we sort of enter into chapter two, we find these two women, Ruth and Naomi, both of them widows because they had lost their husbands. And at the time, if you were a widow, effectively, you were amongst the poorest of the poor in the community. And so these two women, Ruth and Naomi, found themselves in a very vulnerable situation. They were very, 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 very poor. We also discover from the story that actually Ruth and Naomi's experience of poverty was very much out of their control because it came as a result of a natural disaster, the famine, and also the death of loved ones. And I actually lived through a famine in Ghana. It was in 1983, so I was, I was four years old. It was into 83, into 84. There was famine in Ghana. And the reason for the famine was because uh, in the earlier years, the crops hadn't done well because there was no rain. And I remember the kind of meals we used to have as a family. I wouldn't want to describe them now. But famine is hard. It's, it's difficult. And these two women, they had no control of these, these circumstances. They had no control whatsoever. There was also in there the death of loved ones. Again, Ruth and Naomi had no control whatsoever. And sometimes these things happen. Maybe we can relate especially particularly at this time. Not so much that people here experience farming or anything, but maybe currently we can talk of the cost of living crisis, the fact that it's making things tighter and tighter. For some people here, we want to think about the fact that if, say, the sole breadwinner in the family was no longer there, what would life be like? I grew up in a in a pretty loving home. My dad was a lawyer. My mom was a head teacher. My dad was the main breadwinner. 1987, suddenly my dad died. It shook the very foundations of our family because he was the main, he was the main breadwinner for our family. Suddenly, everything came tumbling down like that. We were kicked out of our home. My mom had to single-handedly look after five children. I'm the last of five. So I've got two older sisters and two older brothers. These things sometimes happen in life. And we have no control whatsoever over them. 
It was these women, they found themselves in a pretty difficult situation. So we find that the story of Ruth is relatable. We can, we can relate to some of the things that we're having to go through. We can relate to these things. It's not a faraway story. Actually, some of us are having to live in the light of these truths. So what can we learn from the story of Ruth when we think about poverty? The first thing I want to highlight for us is God's heart. God's heart. What do we learn about God's heart? You see, when Ruth and Naomi were faced with the challenges of poverty, they made use of certain provisions in the law. And so in Deuteronomy chapter 24, verse 19 to 22, this is what we read. When you reap your harvest in your field and forget a sheaf in a field, you shall not go back to get it. It shall be for the sojourner, the fatherless, the widow, that the Lord your God may bless you in all the work of your hands. And then also in Leviticus 19, verses 9 to 10, it says, when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap your field right up to its edge. Neither shall you gather the gleanings after you harvest, and you shall not strip your vineyard bare. Neither shall you gather the fallen grapes of your vineyard. You shall leave them for the poor and for the sojourner. I am the Lord your God. In these two passages, we discover that out of concern for the helpless and the poor and the widows and the very vulnerable, God had made provision in his law for the poor. So in these two chapters, God basically says to people, landowners in particular, he says, if you are harvesting your crops, when it's harvest time, and you're harvesting your crops, basically, do not harvest everything. Leave some of the harvest there for the poor to come and glean. And so the picture would have been like this. As the harvesters were harvesting crops, they will leave in their wake some of the harvest, and the poor will come along and help themselves. It was God's way of providing for the poor and the vulnerable. And so particularly for people who didn't have farms or fields of their own, in the law of God, there was provision for the poor. We discover that God's heart is actually one that cares for the poor and the vulnerable. God cares for the poor and the vulnerable. And so he makes provision in his law for them. So basically, as they harvested, they were thinking, we do not have to take everything, but we ought to remember the poor and so make provision for them as well. What is God's heart like? Well, we discover that actually God cares for the poor and the vulnerable. Secondly, God's heart in his people. So we've seen God's heart. Secondly, we want to look at God's heart in his people. And in the story of Ruth, God shows us a good example, a man named Boaz. In Ruth chapter 2, this is what we read about the man Boaz. Ruth chapter 2 from verses 5. It says, then Boaz said to his young man who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this 
And the servant who was in charge of the reapers answered, She is the young Moabite woman who came back with Naomi from the country of Moab. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves after the reapers. So she came, and she has continued each morning until now, except for a short rest. So Ruth knew that in the law of God, God had made provision for the poor. And so she says to Naomi, I want to go find a field and then glean in that field. So she's gleaning. She finds herself in the field belonging to this man, Boaz. Ruth is gleaning. She asks permission. Can I glean in here? They're like, yes, go for it. So she's gleaning. Basically, she's gathering what has been left behind. Boaz arrives on the scene and instantly he notices Ruth. I find his greeting to his workers amazing. I'd like a boss like that. This is what he says when he actually turns up. Hopefully I can find it. Boaz turns up and then he says to them, the Lord be with you. And they answered, the Lord bless you. I like it when my boss comes in and goes, Sam, the Lord be with you. Praise the Lord for that. But he comes and instantly he, he notices Ruth and he says to effectively the head of his workers, who is that woman? And I, when I read this, I just felt in the moment that God kind of like just highlighted for me the importance, particularly in this season, of just being aware of people in your sphere of influence, wherever that may be. Boaz doesn't miss out on the fact that there's a woman in there gleaning. He comes and immediately he notices that she is there. Who is that woman? And I really feel that God would say, you ought to take notice of people in your sphere of influence. It could be in your neighborhood, it could be in your workplace, it could be in the local church, it could be in your community, it could be amongst the people you play football with, it could be at the school gate, it could be you know, at the kids' football club, but who do you notice in your sphere of influence? Who are the people God has put around you as we seek to reach out to the poor and to the vulnerable? Boaz did not miss Ruth. He noticed her immediately. The other thing we, we discover about Boaz is that Boaz, Boaz knew he knew the law of God. He knew that in there God had made provision for the poor. And so when he arrives on the scene and he sees Ruth gleaning, he doesn't say to the workers, come on, send her away. Boaz knew what the law required. But it's amazing. Boaz didn't just obey the law to the letter. He went beyond the letter. We'll discover shortly. God made provision. God says, make room for the poor to come and then glean. Now, Boaz doesn't just meet that letter. This is what we discover in Ruth chapter 2. In verses, verses 12, it says this in verses 12. Hopefully I can see. It says, the Lord repay you. No, not that bit. Verse 14, sorry. This is what Boaz says. At the mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here and eat some bread. And dip your morsel in the wine. 
So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed to her roasted grain, and she ate until she was satisfied, and she had some left over. When she rose to glean, Boaz instructed his young men, saying, let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not reproach her, and also pull out from the bundles for her, and leave it for her to glean, and do not rebuke her. So Boaz doesn't just say, well, allow her to glean. Boaz, Boaz says to Ruth, come and sit with us. Come and have a meal with us. If you are thirsty, you can drink water from where my workers drink water. I want you to stay in this field. In fact, workers, beyond just leaving a few bits for her to glean, can you actually give her a bit more food? Boaz goes beyond the call of duty. I think the law of God is meant to reveal something of God's heart to us. But once that becomes clear, God wants us to be a people who demonstrate what his heart is like. And we find in Boaz a man who went beyond the call of duty. He doesn't just do obedience to the letter, but he goes beyond what was expected. And I, I believe we're in a season where God will challenge some of us. Maybe for some of you, for a season it's been having people around your table for a meal, brilliant. Maybe in this season God is probably saying, have you considered having somebody come to stay in your home? I remember early days when we arrived here, my wife had to start to work immediately, so I had both our, our toddlers. And there was a man, Robin, where are you? He's sitting right there. Sorry, I'm, I'm going to embarrass you, but I, I just think I need to share this. Robin sought me out. I'm sure he, he must have had pity on a man with two toddlers who didn't seem to know his way about. And basically, he said this. He said to me, Sam, I think it would be great if you took the boys to, you know, one of these um, indoor soft play areas. And then he said, I will want to commit for a season to give you 10 pounds every month just so you can take the boys to a soft play area. He blessed my heart, not just my heart, but my family. He sought me out went beyond the call of duty and said, I, I want to commit to doing this for a season. You should have seen me and the boys. My first time in a soft play, I mean, it wasn't my usual, I wouldn't generally go, I probably I'd take, I'd like to take the boys down to play football. I don't do, but at the time, they were at the age when they needed something like that. It was a blessing. He went beyond the call of duty. Another time we were getting ready to move into our first house, yes. Yeah, so quickly, you're thinking all the furniture and stuff like that. There's a lovely lady in the church who said to my wife and I, actually, we're thinking of moving my dad into a care home. Why don't you guys just come round to his house and then check and see whether there's anything here that you would need? And so we turn up and she says, if there's anything here that you need, just take it. I look at my wife. She looks at me, yay! 
timely gift, huge blessing. But again, she sought us out. And it was just the right, because we, we were moving into this new house, we had to think furniture and things like that. Timely gift, she comes along and says, actually, help yourself to whatever. Another time I was in Ghana, my wife is left all alone here. I think it was Mother's Day. And till date, we don't know who did that. But somebody turned up in our very first home in Hastings and left a Mother's Day card, some chocolate, and some, if you're here and, and it was you, thank you very much. There was no name, but my wife so appreciated it. Sought out, timely gift, blessing to the individual. And God is calling us to look out for one another more. Who, Lord, and what do you want me to do? What about God's heart in his people today, in this season? We look at the early church in Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, and we just, we see a sense of family, we see a sense of generosity, we see people laying down their lives for one another, we see people effectively going again beyond the letter and just being a blessing to the church community, overflowing generosity within the local church. We see people who are sharing their homes, people who are sharing food. We see generous hospitality. There's a sharing of possessions. People basically saying, what I have is not just mine, but come and share with me. Maybe you're, you're sitting and you're thinking, what can I do? Well, ask ask God to show you. For some of you, it probably may well mean just a commitment to, you know, meet up with somebody on a regular basis, somebody who just needs another to be with them, to listen to them. For some of you, it might be the fact that God just wants you to, you know, maybe commit for a season to, to walk through a difficult patch with another person. Maybe for some, it's time to have somebody around the meal table, even if you can't cook. You can order pizza. But I think, I think it's, a, it's a new season where God is wanting to challenge us, and particularly in this time with, you know, the living, living crisis, you know, and all that, cost of living crisis and all that, God is wanting us to really seek to be a blessing to one another. We find in the story of Ruth that there was short-term support, but also long-term support. And so at the end of the harvest, I believe there would have been nothing more because harvest was over. So that possibly was short term. But there was also long-term support where ultimately Boaz comes and then he, he marries Ruth. Now, I am not suggesting that anybody goes seeking people to marry and get them out of poverty. At the time, this would have been the way it was done. I'm not, I'm not please don't, don't hear that. That's not what I'm saying. But for Ruth, 
There was a short-term provision, but also a long-term provision. It, the short-term wasn't just taken care of, the long-term was also taken care of. And again, just that sense of, as we seek to help people particularly out of poverty, we're thinking something for the short-term, but also something for the long term. Ultimately, we want to see people out of poverty. I said I will not go into the details because I want you to go on this journey with me, but I find myself being tempted to start suggesting things, but I will not. I want you to come on this journey with me. You ask God, God, how can I walk alongside somebody? Think the now, but also think, how can I get somebody out? Maybe I'll just give us one example. I said I wouldn't, but maybe you've got some great skills. You could bring somebody along, teach them those skills. They ultimately gain some employable skills, and then they can, you know, they can get a job for themselves. So here you're not thinking just short term. You're thinking actually they can find a job and begin to earn an income. You pour your skills into another life. They can begin to earn an income as a result. How about that? There's many of you here with great skills. You could look at beginning to, you know, pour a bit of that into other lives. Finally, as Boaz marries Ruth, we see that Boaz is actually taking on Ruth's poverty and then sharing his riches with her. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, it says about Jesus, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you by his poverty, you and I by his poverty, might become rich. Isn't that beautiful? That Jesus, who was rich, gloriously rich, becomes poor. So that in his poverty, you and I might become rich. Don't you just love Jesus? I do. I love that he was willing to effectively let go of all the riches and embrace my poverty and embrace your poverty. He was willing to lay his life down. Effectively, to death, Jesus was willing to give it all. Do you know who benefited? You and myself we get to become rich because Jesus became poor. I'd like the band to come up now, please, if that's okay. Just a few reminders. God's heart is for the poor and the vulnerable. God wants his people, the church, to exemplify that heart. Particularly in this challenging season, 
God would want you to seek somebody out. Who, Lord, and how? Who, Lord, and how? I really would want to urge you to take this on as a faith project. Who, Lord, and how? Make, make it your faith project. Don't, don't just hear this and then we kind of like, we go back to the same old, same old. But who? Who is within your sphere of influence? Who is God highlighting for you? I, I find this quite challenging. The whole of yesterday, I, I was thinking, and just, Lord, who? Who are you highlighting for me? You know, and my wife and my family, who are you? Who are you wanting us to walk alongside? And I think we want to come on this journey as well. Who, Lord, and how? And I just want to encourage you, if God says something to you, I, I, would, I really would love to hear. So please do, do give us some feedback and love. And if you have any brilliant ideas as to what we can do as a local church, so again, we would love to hear from you. But it's a season when God's calling every single one of us. Who has he placed within your sphere of influence? He wants you to reach out to them. Remember, Jesus, who was rich, became poor so that in his poverty, we might become rich. Forgiveness of sin, shame taking away, reconciliation with the Father, we've been brought home to God. Father, thank you for your church. I thank you for these sometimes uh, difficult truths, but I thank you that it's your word and it's a word in season. And I pray that you would help us, particularly as we think who and what. Holy Spirit, I want to pray for just fresh revelation again. I pray, would you just confirm even names to us? Would you confirm uh, just things you're wanting uh, to effectively reach out and do for others? I pray that you will just do a deep work in our hearts here in this place today. Would you walk with us? I pray, Father God, for those who may well be going through particularly difficult times in this season. Father God, would you bring the comfort that is needed? And I pray, God, would you, would you point us in their direction, Lord? Uh, even for people who don't talk about it, Lord, I pray, would you show us so we can come alongside them and walk with them? And Lord, I also want to just pray that when people reach out to us, may we be willing to receive. Like Ruth and Naomi were willing to receive. I pray, God, would you just do that as well in our hearts? Just that willingness to receive the blessing of the Lord. We thank you for this journey we're on with you and just ask that you continue to speak to us and work in our hearts. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen.